The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Matthews Effects. They just came out with a new pedal today. It's the Architect version 2. Yep. What are the details on this thing, Ryan? Well, it's your basic clonk alone pedal, uh, meaning a clon clone style pedal. Uh, it's got your volume. It's got your gain. It's got a three position clipping switch. All of these things are, you know, standard on your standard style clon pedals. This one is different because other clon style pedals have one tone knob. Do you agree, Steve? Yes. Look at this pedal. How many tone knobs do you see? Three. Are you drunk, Steve? No. Are your glasses on? Yes. This man has perfect vision, and he sees three tone knobs on this Klon clone. That means it has three band EQ. That means you can do all kinds of fun stuff with it. You can uh, you can move that sweet spot around in a band mix or in a recording mix. You know, lots of pedals can sound good at home when you dial them into uh, you know just yourself. You're only listening to yourself, and you're like, oh, this sounds great. I found the sweet spot. But then when you get with a band, that's just disappeared into the wind. It's just ashes in your mouth. <laughs> Having a three-band EQ on any drive pedal, any boost pedal, any pedal, <laughs> put it on a flanger or a phaser for like air, it, it widens up what you can do with that pedal, how well it can sit in the mix when you're playing live. I've been playing with this thing for about a week now. I'm really loving it. It's got the big, warm, creamy sounds you expect from a Klon-style pedal. It's got the bright, harsh grittiness that some people don't like from clon pedals, but I do. <laughs> you can uh, you can dial it around and do all kinds of fun EQ tricks with it. You can scoop those mids. You can boost them. All right. I'm going to put out a demo soon, so you guys look for that, and you'll learn everything you want to know about it. Yep. This episode is also sponsored by CoSonic, the pedal providers. Yep. Uh, the guys over at CoSonic, they run a, basically a boutique effects shop. Um, they are just up the coast from us. We've hung out with the guy who runs that place a few times. Yeah, Super cool Jody. dude. He's been on the show. Uh, they have a pretty wide range. I'm looking at their site right now. They've got a pretty wide range of oh, they brands to cover. Yeah. But right now, you know, they're featuring uh, brands like Friedman, Old Blood Noise, Morgan Amplification, Keeley, Hologram, Chase Bliss. You know, a lot of these companies that we talk about all the time, too. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you're looking for... It's a, know, great, it's a great place to go window shop. And add a bunch of stuff to your cart and then sit there at three o'clock in the morning staring at your cart with your finger on the trigger oh my and just sweating. I think, should I do it? Should I do it? And just asking yourself that question until you pass out at your computer desk. Yeah. So if you're looking for uh, something uh, to pick up for yourself, uh, head on over to cosonic.com and buy a pedal. Buy two pedals. Buy us a pedal. Tell them 60 Cycle Hum sent you. <laughs> that was creepy, Steve. <laughs> Greetings! It is I, Grant Andrews. I play guitar and sing in the Red Factor, and I live in Canada somewhere. Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Yes, you would. You're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, podcast. Hey, Steve! Hey, Ryan! Uh, who's that intro from? Uh, that intro is from Grant Andrews. Cool. He probably said that in the intro, huh? He did. This is uh, revealing the fact that I actually haven't listened to the intro. <laughs> But we're having people send in, uh, we're having listeners send in their own recorded versions of our intro so that we don't have to read it every week. If that's the sort of thing that you would be interested in, uh, record yourself, send us an MP3, and we'll put it on the show. Yep. As long as it's uh, not too crazy, we'll use it every time, right? Maybe well, we want too crazy. Test, our, test our limits. Find the line. Depends on the kind of crazy, because we've gotten some that were pretty crazy that we used. Yeah, not that crazy. Whatever. Let's move on. Steve right now is moving his head away from the mic because he is eating the official snack of 60 Cycle Hum. 
Flips! Milk chocolate covered pretzels. These were sent to us as well as these uh, these wonderful beers yeah. by Fred Banana. Yep. Uh, Fred Banana's in the Facebook group. You've probably seen it around and thought, is that a real person? It he's, is. He's a, a real, real person. person. Uh, he sent us uh, these flips. Flips are made by uh, Demet's candy what? company, apparently. Oh, never heard of that. I don't know. We never thought like... We've no, both like recognized flips as a thing, but we never, for some reason, ever occurred to us like that flips should be a thing that we eat while making. Well, it's show. always occurred to me that it should be a thing that I eat. It never occurred to me that it should be an official snack of the podcast. Right, right. Because um, we're talking about flipping gear so much. Yeah, he also sent us a cranky IPA from Stony Creek Brewery, which is in uh, Connecticut, and I really am enjoying this. It's very nice. I'm not a big IPA guy, but. Uh, every now and then I'll enjoy one, and I'm I, enjoying this one. I feel like this one is sufficiently strong, mm. um, but it's, I mean, it's very much what I think of when I think of like East Coast yeah. style IPAs where there's a lot more, they just tend to be more rounded. Yeah, they're more drinkers. Like beers. if you really like Stone IPA, this isn't that. Right. If you drink Stone IPA and think... Y'all could probably dial down the pine a little. <laughs> then this is probably a good pickup for you. I don't drink Stone IPA on those days when I don't feel like crying. You know, like, I don't want to. I don't want to have shed tears today, so I'm not going to drink that IPA. Although I did drink a big plastic 32 ounce cup of uh, Stone Enjoy by today, which was very tasty. Already, That's different. It's limited. I already told you about that earlier, Steve. So you're bored by that story. Boring. <laughs> uh, do you have anything new to talk about, Steve? Um, do you have anything new? You no. Know, yeah, actually, I do. Lay it on me, man. Think about it. Um, but I finally got to play the uh, KR1, the Titan KR1. Oh yeah. For a bit. How did you um, like that? It was a lot of fun. I didn't. Un- unfortunately, I mean, I think this is the biggest downside to the fact that. My church has gone to in ears, mm-hmm. and on, in addition to that, we've also been trying to put like amps in closets and stuff. Interesting. Um, so I now, left just in time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now I kind of don't like. I don't know what the guitar actually sounded like in the room. Well, let me let me tell you. But I electric could, guitars just kind of sound like electric guitars, right? I can tell you that I thought it sounded good and what I, from what i was hearing and people were definitely like uh it sounds good. somebody came up and was like oh you got a new guitar huh and i was like yeah i guess <laughs> um, don't be too excited steve well no because people like just it's, it's weird like people will come up and be like oh you got a new, got a new guitar huh uh uh maybe you should have given that money to the church instead oh, gr- like no. they don't say that but like that's the tone that's definitely what the tone feels like. No, I don't believe you. Anyway, <laughs> or maybe that maybe it's really just oh, got a new guitar. I wish I could play a new guitar. <laughs> but uh, it was a ton of fun. I really love um, the 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 fit and everything. Yeah. the The neck actually reminds me. It's it's a thicker, but the neck because it's a excuse me, it's a Fender scale. Yeah, it's a Fender and, scale and with a Gibson radius. With, with a flat radius, so it actually reminds me a lot of that Strat neck that I have mm. uh, on the Strat. But uh, I have the mini humbucker neck, Tele Bridge set up right now, and I mean, it, it sounded really good. From yeah. Again, from what I could hear, I, I wish that I could have just had the amp uh, out and uh, just like really messed around with it and really been in the room with it. Well, I can but tell. I just wasn't. I can tell that you. Cards. I can tell that you liked it because you uh, you didn't bring it back. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and that's fine. I I did the demo, so I don't need it back. So you uh, you <laughs> have you have fun with the Titan. It's a really great guitar. You should take uh, home one of the pickguard setups tonight. Uh, well, P- I don't know. I'm, prob- I'm actually. I don't think I'm probably going to be playing for a while. Oh, okay. So. Well, let me know. I think you should do a pick card soap on it. For it's, sure. It's really easy and Because I can do it faster than you. I really like the P90 set. When you get the P90s in there, they're really kind of... Uh, how do I explain it? They're kind of dry and warm and woody. Interesting. Like, you know, the Telecaster set is really bright and chimey. Mm-hmm. And the P90 set is like this really present thunk when you play. Like, thunk, right. thunk, thunk, thunk. Even right. on the bridge pickup, like it doesn't get overly bright or harsh. I really enjoy mm. it. It's a really balanced sound. 
So, uh, okay, yeah, I'll have to check that out. What do you you got anything new? I do. I uh, I got my toes back into the the Craigslisting game this past week. Mm-hmm. There was a local ad, and my first imp- my first instinct when I saw it was to post it to the group and show it to you. And then <laughs> and then I thought about it for a second, and I was like, No, Ryan, you take this ad. You go buy these pedals. <laughs> what part of town was it in? Uh, well, the guy was up in La Mesa, but he met me in uh, Claremont Mesa Boulevard area. Oh, cool! Um, over by the the county offices over there, mm, the government right. buildings. Um, so it was an ad for three pedals listed as broken. It was for a Boss DD3, and for a Proco Rat, and for a BBE Green Screamer. Right, one of the old style ones that doesn't have the jet plane on it. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that BBE? That has the jet yeah, plane BBE. On it? Yeah, BBE. Uh, yeah. For a moment, I couldn't remember if that was uh, that other company. But anyways, three pedals, all listed as broken, no specifics as to what was wrong with them, and no price listed. The person was just like, make me an offer. So it was like late at night, I think like 11 or midnight or something like that. Maybe it was early. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, in haste, I wrote the person real quick. And I was like, oh, would you take 75 bucks for all three? Uh-huh. Because the quick math in my head was like 25 bucks each. I'm going to make profit if I can get, you know, the Proco to work. Right. Or if I can get the DD3 to work. It's going to be fine. And so the guy wrote, writes back the next day. And I was like, yeah, that's great. When do you want to meet up? I was like, oh, shoot. Now I've got to do this. And then I started to feel guilty. Not guilty, but I started to feel... Uh, I had that little Ferengi voice in the back of my head that was like, oh, you should have gone lower. <laughs> you should have you should have offered 60. You should have offered 50. Who knows what this person would have taken. So I had that thing going on in the back of my head, and I was thinking about, like, oh, maybe I should ditch on the BBE and just do 50 for the boss and the rat. And so I, I meet up with the guy, and it turns out to be a really nice dude. Kind of like our age, and we end up talking about like the local music scene for a long time. Oh yeah, and the stuff that we had done in it, you know, with the, with uh, the venue and bands and and what whatnot. And then I was like, "Oh, do you listen to podcasts?" And he's like, "All the time." And I was like, "Well, you should listen to my podcast." Here's the name of it. And he's like, "I've heard of you guys." Oh, that's funny. Turns out he listens to Tone Mob. Oh, okay. So that's probably where he's heard of us. So he was all excited. I told him to listen to the show. He's probably listening to this right now. I told him he was going to talk about the pedals. So next part of this story, uh, after meeting this really nice guy and buying the pedals off of him, I didn't feel bad about paying him more than my my Ferengi inner voice told me that I should pay. I was like, oh, I'm glad I paid that guy kind of a fair price for broken pedals. Right. So then I go home and I start plugging the pedals in. Uh, he said there was various, like, Various issues like that the uh, the delay time knob or the no the repeats knob on the DD3 didn't work, and that uh, the rat would only power on with the battery, uh, which which what happened is that the uh, the power jack got pushed in to the uh, to the pedal, mm-hmm. which is an easy fix. So when I saw that, I was excited. I was like, okay, I can fix this, and if I don't like it, I can flip it easy. Yeah, and then the BBE he said was just non-functional, just didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I took them home. I started plugging them in one by one. Well, before I plugged in the DD3, I took the back off of it. Yeah. Because I wanted to see what was going on in there. Mm-hmm. And there was an immediate issue that I noticed before I even powered this thing on. And I didn't even test it before fixing this issue. Uh, you know how when you open up a boss pedal, there's like a plastic shield in between the bottom and the circuit board? Sometimes. Well, if it needs it, it's there. Right. To, to keep the circuit, I've, I've seen some pedals with it and yeah. some without it. Is to keep the circuit board from pressing against the metal plate at right. the bottom. That was completely missing, and I know uh, that that pedal needs it because there's a million points of solder right. like sticking down onto the metal plate. So it's like this pedal's shorting out on itself, and that's why it's not functioning. So I cut a piece of plastic and I jumped, jammed it in there. I plugged it in. There's no problems with the DD3. It works perfectly. Cool. So then I open up the rat and I'm looking in there to see if I can push the power jack back out. And, you know, the power jack, the plastic part is busted on it. So mm-hmm. there's no hope for that. But then I have one of those little nine volt adapters that goes to it goes from a nine volt battery connection to 
you know, like, like a, a standard boss. Yeah, to like barrel. a to a one spot connection. Right. So I put that in there. I plug in the rat. Works perfectly. Awesome. It's awesome. And so then the BBE, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be the one that doesn't work at all because he said it's completely non-functioning. I plug it in. It 100% works. Like there Weird. was not the the thing about the BBE that wasn't great was that the Velcro on the bottom. The adhesive was all like melting and gooing out the sides and making the whole pedal sticky. Like that was the only thing about it that huh. was off. So I just attacked it with some goo gone and it's all fine now and it just works. You know, sometimes, and I don't know if it's bad luck or what, because um, I that kind of reminds me of like the deal I had a while, I mean a while ago, a couple, a couple of years now maybe, um, where... I bought a couple pedals off of a guy who said they were broken. Uh huh. And I went home and I just plugged them in and they worked. I didn't even change anything on them. Yeah. So well, my I, initial in- instinct when I see that many pedals that are claimed to not be functioning is user error. Right. And I hate to say that if you know the guys listening to the show, but obviously his his rig that he was using to test them was failing. Uh-huh. Or there's something else going well, on. Well, and like you said, like for the DD3 and the Rat, there actually was like... There were issues. There were issues. And I mean, they're simple fixes, but it, if you just have these pedals and you don't... You know, you're not a tinkerer. Mm-hmm. You just think, oh, this stuff isn't working. I just want to move it so I can just get on with my life. Right. Yeah, I get it. I just, you know, I have this inner conflict in me now because it's like, oh, here's this guy who's a potential listener of the show. Right. And now I'm talking about how I scored all his pedals for way under value. And there's a good possibility I'll end up selling one or two of them. Right. I'll probably keep one. Which I one love do you think D- you'll keep? The DD3? I love DD3s. I already have one, but I ran two DD3s at Sunday, at church last Sunday. Yeah. I, I really really liked it. I really <laughs> I really loved running two DD threes. So um, are you running three delays then? No, just two. Because usually you have the Tomcat and another delay on your board. No, I, I just did two DD threes and nothing else. Nice. <laughs> I used one as a really long, like a uh, really long delay, and the other one as kind of a slapbacky sort of thing. Right. But then you run them together. It's basically like running a Strymon dig, right? And you run two digital delays. Pretty much. <laughs> so I had a budget uh, dig on my board. And I, then the. I uh, can dig it. The rat sounds great. It's not in uh, an LM308. Oh, you did get it open? I did get it open. It's uh, I forget the number of the other one, but it sounds great to my ear. I think yeah. I'll keep it around just for you know testing purposes. I might do a rat shootout video. Oh, cool! Sometime in the future, I'll have to borrow the woodcutter from you. Yeah, you can borrow the woodcutter. You can borrow my LM three hundred eight. There you go. Is yours a rat two or is it? It's a rat two. Yeah, but yours has a three hundred eight. Okay, that would actually so be, the, the that by itself three hundred eight versus the other one mm-hmm. would be a great video. Yeah, yeah, people will definitely be into that. It's it's a question that we get a lot. Um, so it would definitely be a fun one to check out. Yeah, totally. And then, uh, the green screamer, I think it's a really great sounding tube screamer in the style tube screamers that are really like creamy and mellow. Right. Like it really does the creamy mellow thing. Great. Like mm-hmm. really great. It doesn't get super bright. I like, uh, I like tube screamers generally that get pretty bright, bright and gritty. And that's not this pedal at all, but it's a really good like first game stage sort of pedal sure like stacking it before my palisades did a lot of really fun things because it's basically a compressor i was treating it like a compressor i'm looking at pictures of it i don't they really used a lot of a big box for a little circuit oh for the the green screamer yeah yeah there's it's empty inside but a lot of it is taken up by the uh, the battery <laughs> yeah i i mean yeah, there's, it takes a lot of real estate. It's prime for modding, though. I might look up to see if there's any uh, popular mods out there for it and experiment. Yeah, you got a lot of uh, room to like add there's other switches of, and stuff. There's a lot of real estate. I was just thinking about like you should just take it and put it in like a like a standard size generic box. I don't want to work that hard. I have a lot of room on my board. I can fit things like that. 
So that's it for me for my new stuff. Do we want to dive into ads? Let's do some ads. We're going to go to the ad zone. Ad zone. Ad zone. This is a terrible song that I'm singing. This is a mistake and I regret starting it. All right. This is sent in by Justin Hendricks. Hendricks? You think he's related to Jim Hendricks? Uh, you know, I think I made that joke in the pre... Uh, and then I decided yeah. that it was bad. It and is you, a bad joke, made Steve. It anyway. I'm a bad joke. I'm a bad joking dad. All right. One of a kind guitar hanger. This one is made from an Epiphone Les Paul Jr. Colors are orange and red with a matte finish. This is not a playable guitar. He says that, and I actually don't know why it's not a playable guitar. Yeah, either do anyway, I. Um, well, I can tell you two reasons why it's not... Playable in theory, but I could definitely figure out a way to get my arms around this thing. Excuse me. If you value your instruments, then you want to organize and display them properly. You have a wall mount. You have a. You have to wall mount them and hang them in style. Having a tough time reading this, Steve. These guitar wall mounts create stunning and visually appealing stuff. This is just really badly written. I'm not good at reading things that aren't written well. <laughs> These are made from actual guitars, not pieces of wood to look like guitars. Each one is di- each one is a different one-of-a-kind guitar hanger. No two are alike. It can be ordered with different colors to match your decor. They are very available in high-gloss finish or matte finish. Each one comes with two hangers. If using a small headstock guitar, I also have the smaller hangers for them, telly, etc. Wall mount and screws for mounting to the wall. When, mount- when mounted, it has approximately 20-degree angle or can order with the guitar straight. So basically, what this guy is doing is this he's taking, is the most expensive double guitar. Oh yeah, in this the world. is a four hundred dollar hanger. Uh, he's taking a Epiphone Les Paul Junior. He's doing a custom paint job on it. He's mounting a television uh, wall mount bracket to the back of the guitar. Uh huh. And then he's screwing to just kind of really generic style. I mean, they're like the ten dollar hangers you get off of Amazon. Hanger. Into and the body. I think the biggest the biggest feature of this guitar is that the paint job makes it look like bacon. <laughs> it's got like the bacon swirl to it. This is just... I mean... If you agree with me, Steve, then you agree that this is dumb. Like, this is stupid. It is. This it's, is really stupid. It's rough. But I also can't see this and not think about the pen, pineapple, apple pen guy. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? I know... That guy, but I don't know why this makes you think of him. Because it's a guitar hanger guitar. Oh, okay, yeah. It's redundant. Yeah, I've got a guitar. I've got a hanger. Hanger guitar. Like, this this leans into the concept that I've railed on before. Guitars don't need to be reminded that they play guitar. Right. They don't need guitar furniture. They don't need guitar clothes. They don't need, you know, guitar refrigerator magnets. If they're that kitschy, then yeah, get that stuff. But we don't need this stuff. This is like a weird like gift that someone gets for a guitarist. Like, oh, you need to hang your guitars. Why not hang your guitars from a guitar? That doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me as a musician. Yo, dog. <laughs> I knew you were gonna go there. That, but the other thing was actually the thing I want to talk about. You just I would you I would forced it. You forced me to do it, okay. Ryan. I reminded you of that meme earlier. Um, I would be able to get behind using a guitar like this to mount hangers to hang other things off of it. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. like e- e- keeping it musical, music oriented, put a bunch of hooks on here and hang cables off of it. How about you put a bunch of hooks on there and hang jackets off of it? Like mount, like hang, hang the guitar at, you know, flat against the wall and put a piece of board behind it. And you can put, you know, like normal shelf stuff on their books, you know, put your car keys on there, whatever you want to do. You could, you could put hooks all along the fretboard and put all your car keys along the neck. Mm. You know, there's a lot of things you could hang off of a guitar that is repurposed to be a wall utility hanger thing without hanging two more guitars off of a guitar. It doesn't make any damn sense to me. <laughs> You're really not excited about this. I'm not. I think it's so stupid. And even in... It would make more sense to me if it looked good. Like, you look at the picture of two guitars hanging off of it, and it looks dumb. It looks like an accident. 
It's really, I, I just, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Why, and why stop at two? How come there's not a third hanger on the headstock of the guitar? Because it's an Epiphone. Yeah. The, <laughs> the headstock would break. The headstock would break off. I just, I people who are, you know, Pinteresting and coming up with stupid ideas, just stop. I bet this guy sells them too. I bet he sells these things. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few people there. It's, it's a very specific kind of man cave item. And... I just, I feel like most people, if you want like a guitar, a guitar themed thing to hang your guitars off of in your man cave, like you're probably not thinking about spending $400 on it. If anything, like people are seeing this and they're thinking, I don't really want the custom finish. I've got a bunch of like sunburst guitars. I'm just going to go buy a Epiphone Les Paul Jr. $99. You've got one. I had one. Oh, you sold it. Yeah. Uh, Did you at any point have the inclination to drill holes in it and hang other guitars off no, of it? No, no. Okay. But I mean, so the guys basically described his process and short of the refinish, like I, I can see how if you were paying someone for a refinish, like the price would get up there. Right. But if you don't want the refinish, this is literally, again, like a, a television wall mount. You can get those. Two guitar hangers. You can get those television wall mounts for like 20 bucks now. Yeah. Two guitar hangers and a two and a guitar, like a hundred dollar guitar or whatever. So you could build this for your own man cave in a standard Epiphone finish for like 140, 150 bucks. Easy. You could get probably get a lot cheaper than that if you buy a used Epiphone. Right. Priceless. Right. You could go get it really cheap off of it and just get a squire uh bullet and then you could put a string a guitar hanger on the headstock yeah it's not gonna break you could put three guitar hangers on the headstock and it'll never break <laughs> i mean the only reason i can think of to do this to guitar to turn a guitar into a guitar hanger guitar right uh is to humiliate that guitar like <laughs> this is like an act of humiliating that epiphone right like, really rubbing right. it in like you're not a good guitar you're going to be a wall yeah. hanging guitar. You're not even good enough to give to a punk teenager yeah. at, at, uh, at the local neighborhood rec center. Your only purpose in life is hanging good guitars. <laughs> like It's so humiliating. And the, another sad thing about it is I actually like this finish. <laughs> like if Gibson... That's just because you think it looks like bacon. You're I do think it looks you like bacon. You would buy this. You would get the freaking... Uh, Bacon, I would get bacon I would, bits from Costco. No, I would make a a, a pick guard for this that looks like a fried egg. No, no, you would get this. You would get the bacon bits from Costco. You would open up the back panel. You would stuff a bunch of bacon bits in there. <laughs> yeah, that's so every time, time. every time you played this guitar, it would just not only look like bacon, but it would smell like bacon. You think that if I if I wrapped a piece of bacon around the tubes in my amp, it would like <laughs> cook the bacon, and then I'd have bacon ready after my shows. <laughs> And during the show, everyone would smell bacon cooking. <laughs> I've never been like a big internet bacon joke guy, but this guitar is bringing it out of me. All right, but I actually, I actually really like the swirl finish. If if Gibson slash Epiphone made a, a guitar with this finish, I'd I'd be looking at it pretty hard. I'm not committing to buying one. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying I would look at it and be like, oh, that's attractive, and I like it. So I actually like the finish quite a bit. Uh, I just hate the implication of, uh, or the implementation of these guitar hangers on it. Right. It's just completely stupid. All right. I think we sufficiently destroyed that person's. Oh, we slammed it. Uh, we totally idiot. hummed that one to death, oh my Steve. Gosh. What would be our, what would be our radio DJ little catchphrase there? I don't even want to know. I'm thoroughly, I'm thoroughly embarrassed that we spent that much time talking about the guitar hanger guitar. <laughs> let's talk about I've got this guitar. Let's talk about this thing that was sent to us by Josh Scott, owner yeah. of JHS Pedals. The Woolly Mammoth. I don't know if was he sent the us the distant cousin of the oh modern gosh. elephant. Although extinct for over 20,000 years, their preserved remains are occasionally found intact with long curved ivory tusks. Mammoth ivory can take on a variety of colors, although scarce and difficult to work. Each piece of mammoth ivory is unique and exists as a witness to prehistoric times. This is a mammoth ivory guitar pick. It sure is. I, I don't know if he sent this to us 
because he found it somewhere and he thought it was something worth talking about or because he bought this or it was sent to him and he has it. Like the picture is not from an ad. The picture is like, oh, this is on my coffee table. I had Look the impression that he um, that he either bought this or somebody sent it to him. That he actually was like uh, in ownership of this. He might be. I'm gonna look up Mammoth Guitar Picks real quick to see if I can find a price for him. Well, there is a company called um, Tusk Buffer. Did you beat me to it? And they are uh, actually they are no longer producing. What? But when they were making these, oh, these are different though. These aren't raw. Uh, it looks like somebody actually fashioned these into like really standard looking huh. guitar picks. Um, and it looks like they are typically about. $30 for these, $30 yeah, to okay. $60. That's accessible. Uh, I mean, people spend a lot of money on picks these days. They, they're always trying new materials and new shapes and stuff like that. Here's a site that sells them for like 45 bucks, but they're real flat and they have like designs carved into them. Right. Well, that's kind of like the uh, Tusk Buffer ones. Yeah. Or kind of like that. Here's another site that... Do you think there's any chance that these are faked? Like they're not actual mammoth ivory? Like what if they're just using like cow bones or something? I mean, I guess... Would you know? Would you ever know? I have no idea. I'd be interested in using bone picks though. That sounds interesting to me. I feel like that would be a texture I could get into. I'm not usually into these bigger, thicker... Uh, like acrylic style picks and the stone picks and stuff like that. They're just right. flavor. But I feel like a thin bone pick would work for me hmm so maybe i'd be into this i don't know but the one he sent us it looks almost like an arrowhead it's like kind of thick yeah and polished and kind of rough the shape's a little rough it looks like a caveman made this i kind of dig it i don't know i felt like i was going to have things to say about this making fun of it but i don't know i feel kind of open to it yeah they posted right this now. on there it might be the beer it might be the flip this is posted on the jhs uh instagram page and somebody's comment was if the first rift you play isn't a mastodon riff yeah yeah uh i would just play the flintstones theme song the whole time but i really i think my favorite of the uh various comments is the guy who said i'd probably end up losing it in the dryer <laughs> No, that's not where you lose mammoth parts. You'd probably end up losing it in the freezer. That's not a good joke because people don't lose guitar picks in the freezer. They lose them in the dryer. But it's an opposite environment, which was my joke. What do you think, Steve? Oh, that was... That was a bad joke, right? I didn't even realize that was a joke. <laughs> well, I'm going to say that if you want to have that authentic mammoth tone, then you do need to get these cold. First, you have to get them in the freezer. You, you know, like some pieces of gear, you got to warm them up first. Uh huh. You got to get mammoth picks real cold. Yeah, dude, this is this isn't working. You don't like my jokes? They're not good. Okay, well, you come up with some jokes, Steve. Well, the Wait. reason I'm not coming up with jokes is because I just it's think we should move on to the next ad. All right, all right. We're done with that ad. Steve is sick of it. Or what am I gonna do? I don't know. This next ad is a steampunk guitar. This was sent to us by a bunch of people. It was posted on the group. This is a custom built from Spectrum body Shredder 2010's flat black and metal. Uh, I don't have any text actually with this. Oh, shoot. I only I have, have no two text. pictures. Uh, um, the second screen grab is the, the full the dollar amount. Uh, it was emailed to us a bunch of times if you want to try to find the emails. Yeah, it's $119 with $40 shipping, which actually isn't terrible. <laughs> you don't think that's bad? I don't think the price is bad. I think if this was an unmangled guitar, that price would be fair. I I think that the you know the thought process is that uh, it's worth more in this state because Spectrum guitars are nothing. I mean, this is a completely mangled guitar. This is a really bad. Like, this is what I I think the comment I made on the Facebook group when I saw this was this came about from a teenage kid seeing a picture of a steampunk guitar. Right. Like, I want this guitar, Dad. And the dad looks at that, looks at the picture of the steampunk guitar. And he's like, well, they just cut it up and put a bunch of pipes and pieces of metal and screws on it. That's true. I can do that. So he took this guitar into his garage. He cut off a big chunk of the guitar. 
he had some plumbing pipes around, so he bolted the plumbing pipes to the guitar. Right. In whatever arrangement they were already in. Uh, and then he took pieces of, you know, like zinc metal, like a support metal, the kind that you use to like attach two by fours together for mm-hmm. supports. And he just screwed them random places all over the guitar. There's two big sheets of it underneath the strings. And then there's like random things like a uh, coax cable splitter. Yeah. Attached to the guitar. I can't even tell what's up on the, on the upper horn. More random parts. There's just a lot of random like metal bits attached to this with no like design idea at all. It's so, just like, oh, steampunk guitar. That's just a guitar with a bunch of screws and stuff in it. Right. So we, we kind of have railed against steampunk stuff a lot. Um, and for... I'm hoping this will be our last steampunk guitar on the show. Ever? And the Good thing, luck. The thing about it so is that it's not even steampunk. It was like a really hasty try. Right, right. So so that's the thing. like an outsider. If what, regardless of, of what I think about steampunk in general, I do think that when somebody puts a lot of effort into something, even if I think it's cheesy, like I can right. at least appreciate the effort. So... Um, do you remember the band Steam Powered Giraffe? Yeah. And we've probably talked about them on the show before. Yeah. They used to play at the San Diego Zoo all the time. Um, and basically, these guys were like a full-on like steampunk pop band. Yeah. And they would like they had took on the personas of like 19th century robots. And uh, that was like their whole deal. And they painted themselves like silver and gold and, and all this stuff. And they wore steampunk punk they clothes and, to and the, all this stuff. They committed to the bit. I don't remember if they played steampunk instruments. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. But like everything else was like fully committed, and you could tell that they put a lot of effort into it. There's a big difference between that, and then you go to, you know, spirit or whatever. You know, two weeks before Halloween, Halloween store and, and buying and a top buy, hat with you buy a steampunk hat. Like, yeah. there's a big difference between that. Like, you can usually tell the difference between that and a person who actually went out and spent like sixty bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever on a real top hat. Right. And then they went thrifting for like four weeks to find like the perfect set of goggles and all people this stuff. Make all that stuff. Or yeah, that, right. And so it's so, like it's like Renaissance fairs. They there's people in the community that make that. Yeah. Stuff and sell so it. so there's things like that where it's like, per, here's a perfect example: the Zvex steampunk, like the gear pedals. They have all like the gears on them. Right. And they don't really serve any purpose. Like they're definitely like steampunk, but you can tell like that a lot of effort was put into making it look really good. Basically, all I'm saying is all of those things, regardless of my personal feelings about steampunk and it being kind of like up there with LARPing in a lot of ways, <laughs> um, it's definitely I, that, I can appreciate yeah. that. Whereas this guitar, I'm just like, you. This there's no effort here. Like. You got bored and you opened you. I mean, it this looks is like what, some, this is what I'm envisioning. Some okay. guys like, oh, steampunk. That seems like a thing. Well, I got this guitar. It's worth uh, it's worth seventy five bucks, and uh, I, I got, got a bunch of stuff in my about, junk drawer. In got the garage. about uh, ten ten bucks worth of uh, nuts and bolts in the garage. Uh-huh. Let's just slam it all together. I'm gonna say that copper pipe on the guitar is worth more than the rest of the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh there's I mean, a lot of, possible there's there's more copper pipe on that guitar than there is going into my water heater that we're looking at right here right right <laughs> so so i mean i just we've had well executed steampunk stuff sent in but right. there's just a lot of bad steampunk and for some reason it stands out more there's i mean there's a lot of like really bad well this one is so bad that I don't even believe that the person who made it likes steampunk. Like, right. I almost feel like this is punishment from someone. Like, oh, you want a steampunk guitar? Fine, I'm going to ruin your guitar because you were going to do it anyways. Right. Like, it doesn't make it... None of it makes any sense. None of it has any aesthetic value. None of it has any practical value. It doesn't even, like, fit within the genre of what steampunk people like. Yeah. It's just a yeah. disaster. It's a complete disaster. It's just random. It's just nothing. It's I'm boredom. Gonna, I'm going to say two out of five stars. 
Don't play it. I'm going to say six and a half out of... No. Uh, yeah, mine was a 50-star scale, by the way. <laughs> you just said <laughs> two out of five. Yeah, I missed the zero. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is two-fifths of a guitar at this point. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's get into this week's topic, I, I guess. Yeah, topic time. All right, so we had a topic suggestion from Jeff Herod, or Herod. How do you think you pronounce that name? Two R's on that. H-E-R-R-H-A-R-R-O-D. I'm going to go with Herod. I'm going to go with Harrod. Harrod. No, okay. Harrod. So he asked uh, Christmas shopping gifts for guitarists. Uh, like things, things to get for guitarists for oh, Christmas. Well, obviously, uh, you get a guitarist for Christmas, a Matthews Effects uh, Architect 2.0. Of course. It's the hottest gift this season. And a gift card to CoSonic. Yes. Those are the two <laughs> gifts that you should get for your guitarist friends That's and family. What, that is what every guitarist wants to wake up to in their stocking. Yes, I agree, Steve. <laughs> Steve cracks another beer. Uh, I think this is a fun topic. Uh, right off the top of your head, what, what do you think you would, as a guitarist, what would you like? Let's let's put it in this frame. Gifts that you could receive from people in your friend or family group who aren't musicians or guitarists but are getting you a gift knowing that you are a guitarist. With, what would you without, like? Without prompting? Without without prompting, without them getting hints or tips. Like, they're just they're just going out and getting it. Because that's different than like, oh, I really want this Uncle, right. you know, rich Uncle Jerry. Like, I really want the Architect version 2 for Matthew's effects. And he's like, well, that's a really good choice because it's got three bandy of Q, little Jimmy. I'm going to get that for you. Uh, <laughs> All right, but all right. <laughs> okay, I think, I, milked, they, I think they get it. I've milked the joke enough. Um, um, so yeah, with that in mind, what would you like under your tree or in your stocking, Steve? What would you like underneath your your Hanukkah candles? Uh, I I think underneath you, your Kwanzaa. I feel like whatever. so you, you know say they're just running a guitar center and they just want to get something, or they're shopping uh, on Amazon. Or I feel or Amazon. I feel like you can't go wrong with strings. Strings even, are great. Like even if you're picky about strings, I mean. I think most people, if you have like a backup guitar or a beater guitar or something, yeah, where you're not as like, you know, maybe you throw a 15, 20, 30, whatever dollar set of strings on. Like, okay, so for me with bass, right? Uh-huh. Uh, when I was maintaining two basses regularly, I would buy, um, b- before I found Carvin's, I will say, um, I was buying... Um, in your BC days. BC days, before Carvin. Um, <laughs> I was buying like DRs or Rotosounds uh-huh. to put on one of my bases. And that's like a $30, $35 pair, pair of strings. Pair? You're only getting two pair, strings? set of strings. Um, <laughs> but I would, you know, if somebody's... Gave, actually, I did this where like somebody would like give me a pack of like Diodarios, which are like twelve bucks or whatever, uh-huh. and that would just be like, oh, cool, yeah, I, I've been me, I I got a bass, I actually need a restring, and it would be my backup bass. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, well, I'm not using it as much, but it still needs to be restrung from time to time. Yeah, every now and then you get you do break a string every now and then. I've seen you break bass strings. Yeah, twice. I, I think you've broken two bass strings in the entire time I've known you. That's probably two more than most bass players have ever broken. Yeah, across uh, more than a decade of friendship. Yeah, <laughs> and playing it music doesn't happen together. too often. It really I, doesn't. I broke, I think, an A and an E. Yeah, the heavy ones. Yeah, and you're not even like a crazy slapper or anything like that. It's, you're I'm, a yanker. I'm just so strong. You're a yanker and a popper. You don't slap it though. Uh, I mean, this isn't a thing for bass strings as much, as far as I know. But would you prefer? like a set of like premium strings or would you like this imaginary gifter to get you like the bulk pack? Like say there's like, you know, the, the 10 pack of Diodarios for 30 bucks or whatever at guitar center. Um, I think for like electric guitar or acoustic guitar, I'd rather have like the cheap pack. Yeah. The bulk pack um, sounds like a lot of fun to me. The, the problem with anything high end and it's why people always say like, you know, like, Oh, I appreciate my, you know, my parents or whatever, my insert family member or significant other wanted to buy me something really nice. You know, say they have like a thousand dollar budget or two thousand dollar budget or whatever. Like sometimes the worst thing that they could do is walk into a store and be like, I've got two thousand dollars and my husband, son, nephew, whatever plays guitar and I want to buy him a new guitar 
you know, obviously a salesman is going to be like, oh, well, the salesman, yes, please. The salesman is going to have two questions. And they could be a yes to either question. There is whichever yes they land on first. First, he's going to ask, well, is he a fan of Jimi Hendrix? And if that leads to a no, he's going to ask, well, is he a fan of Carlos Santana? And in those two questions, the guitar store salesman is going to know which guitars to suggest to the aunt or uncle who's in there with $2,000. No, I think think actually the two questions he would ask, and he might only ask one question, but the first question would be, is he (laughs) right-handed? Oh, God, I hate it. (laughs) And uh, the second question would be, Acoustic or electric? Does he play lead or rhythm? <laughs> oh my god! So, so well, if he you, plays lead guitar, he's really gonna want this Fender Strat so, Pack. So, if he plays rhythm, he's really gonna want this Fender Strat Pack. <laughs> so anyway, um, I mean, even like a higher end or a more unique string, like a Ernie Ball Cobalt or a Diodario, uh, which I. Or like the NYXL. I like how I'm still saying that name wrong, even though I know it's Diderio. Yeah. Um, In my head is Diderio. Oh my gosh. Diderio. Do you have any Diderio strings? Anyway. Really looking for a pack of Diderios. Like, it's hard to go wrong with, for me, like with just a generic set of phosphor bronze acoustic strings. Yeah. Or with a generic set of, you know, nickel nickel plated tens. You're getting to talking like if someone bought you premium strings, though. And I think where you were trying to go, because it was where I was going in my head, is that when you're starting to get into premium stuff, then you start to have preference. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're like, oh, I don't really like elixirs. You know? Sure. I prefer NanoWeb. Right. (laughs) NanoWeb is elixir. Is it Elixir? I thought that was the other brand. No, it's just their thinner coating. Oh, okay. Well, which is the other brand that does coated? Um, I thought like uh, Ernie Ma- Ball did a Martin coating. does a coating. I okay. Think. Well, you know. What well, I anyway, mean. it doesn't matter. You know what I mean. Um. So so strings could be a thing. Um. I don't. Okay. I think an obvious one to me. Straps. Straps. Straps are a great gift. You can get them for like under fifty bucks. Under 30 bucks, shoot, depending yeah. on the strap, you can get them in like really crazy novelty styles. So maybe you have like an inside joke with, you know, whoever you're buying a gift for or, or you think you know their style. Like you can get them that embarrassing like purple lightning strap that right. they'll only wear ironically or, you know, the, uh, well, the, the pot leaf strap. The straps are also something that is... Um, I mean, it's prominent enough where you don't actually need to uh, know very much because it's like a style thing. Yeah. When you actually said straps, I was thinking more of like a canvas, like a nicer canvas strap, like or a nice nicer leather strap, like sure. what uh, companies like Soldier or is it Soldier um, Couch Straps? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gear Supply sells like a nice canvas strap. You know these different kinds of uh, companies that do this. There's this an kind infinite of variety of straps yeah. out there, which was which is what makes it a great gift for people who are looking for like a. If somebody thing. got me like a novelty purple lightning bolt strap, any kind of novelty strap, I'd just be like, really. You'd still use it though. I don't know if I would. You'd use it around the house. I have straps sh- that I sh- okay, yeah, yeah. That's I have true. straps that's that I don't point. play out that are definitely around the house straps. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you always, I'm always scrambling for straps because I'm yeah. always switching guitars at home. Um, it's, it's a no brainer to me. Is there anything else in that territory that straps are like those kinds of things? You could get people, I don't know. you could get picks, but picks are kind of like a personal thing. Unless picks you find are, like picks are actually like one of the, they're pretty personal. Yeah. I, when I see, I, I mean, I've, I've, I, I just, yeah, picks are, picks are complicated for, I mean, for a lot of people, they're not, a lot of people are just using like Fender standard fenders. So sure. you can pretty much get any, uh, I think it's the 351 shape. Yeah. Uh, you can get any 351 shape, Clayton, Dunlop. Yeah. It's not really going to matter. Fender heavies is uh, what I like. But if then you're listening, mom, I've hit a point for me where I'm playing primarily, um, gravity, I think 1.5s. I've been playing Gear Supply. Oh yeah, the the yeah. those ones. Ever since signing up for the service, I have a million of them around now. They just new ones show up every month, and I'm like, they just add to 
the rotating collection that goes from pants pocket to pants pocket, you know? Yeah, so I've just been playing these gravities since actually since NAM 2015. And it's it's kind of hard for me to play any other pick. Interesting. I just can't get used to those for some reason. Yeah, and I use them for acoustic and electric. Um, so I, I've been really happy with them. For some people, like picks are really personal. Of I like course, to have a little bit of, of course. I also yeah. know when the last time I bought picks was. Yeah, I like to have so a little there bit is of that. flex off the tip of my pick when I'm when I'm playing leads and stuff like that. Yeah. We still need to set up that. Uh, I got all those picks that we were sent. Do the pick demo. Do the pick demo. Like I said, I just want to sit down like you and me, white screen in the background. I'll have a guitar. You have a guitar, and we just got a table full of picks, all labeled, them. and we just p take it, pick it up, and go. This is the. The Dunlop Protone. Yeah. Play something real five play play something for five seconds and go like, huh, this is what I think. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Anyway, um picks are kinda I think picks are a yeah. little trickier. Here's here's what about what do you think about cables? I think a cable could be a, a decent buy. I mean I'm always using every cable I have in in my possession. Like I'm sitting around and I'm trying to put together some kind of experimental rig to make a little video. I'm grabbing whatever cables I have around. Like it's there, it's, like, it's like straps. It's like it's just good to have them around. Yeah. They you know they do expire eventually. They get bad and you might not have time to replace them. It's always good to have a working one around. Um, so yeah, I think that's a solid buy. But something I was going to pitch, and this is a much more complicated uh, proposition, mm -hmm. and it's a higher dollar value proposition. Okay. Um, and the people who are listening to this are not the people that I'm pitching it to because I'd be pitching it to someone who's not a guitarist and not savvy, uh -huh. but it's the sort of thing I would enjoy as a gift. What, which a is what friend or family member. All right, dude, you've, uh, you've, you've been spending a lot of time building this up. I've been building it up. I've been building it, building it. I would love it if a friend or family member went to like guitar center. Yeah. Walked in, went over to the pedal case, like looked at the used pedal case, uh -huh. like looked at the like the three cheapest ones, and picked the one that they thought had the most interesting look, like huh. not not knowing anything about it, just receive a random pedal from a friend or family member as a Christmas present. It would be like wheel of pedals, right, for Christmas. That'd be kind of cool. Wouldn't that be fun? Like, yeah, you get some random like phaser, or they buy you a metal zone or something like. Like, Uncle Carl, this is crazy. <laughs> I like this. I'm I'm gonna try to use this. Thank you, Uncle Carl. Uh, you know, I'm looking at a list of uh, guitar gifts, and I will say that most of the things on here I think are pretty bad. Probably pretty bad suggestions. But one thing that was actually one of the first things on there that I think can be uh, is are there T-shirts about your wife wanting you no, to no, sell no, these your guitar? These are all like just different. These are all mostly accessories. Uh huh. Um, like one of one of the things stuff. on here is a, a ditto looper. That's actually a great gift. Um, that would be a great gift. Uh, iPad music stand adapter, which actually would be like handy for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that because I don't have an iPad. Uh, but anyway, the thing that was on here that I thought was like really that I would definitely get a lot of use out of is a guitar cleaning kit. Yeah. I always think those are pretty cool. Or even and like even I mean, like a cleaning, like if I would be stoked if somebody like just bought, a, even though I already have a bottle that I haven't gone all the way through, like just bought like a bottle of Dunlop 65. Yeah. And uh, like a and like a microfiber cloth of some kind. Like you know, a, be, I've got a Fender microfiber yeah. cloth. So if somebody bought me like another Fender microfiber cloth and a bottle of Dunlop sixty five, like that would be pretty cool. You know, it would be a great gift. And I don't know how they would market it because they'd have to market to people who know musicians and aren't musicians. Right. I guess they could market to people who are musicians and want to buy gifts for other musicians. Is Gear Supply would make an excellent gift, and they're not. They haven't sponsored us in a while. But I'm just throwing that out there. Like, buy someone, you know, a subscription of strings. Yeah. And then it, you can get them the big box, like a one-time big box thing that comes with the cleaner and comes with the uh, the strap locks and, you know, all that fancy stuff. That's a great gift. I think a big... What my family has gotten big on the past couple of years for Christmas is consumables for Christmas. Like, we don't try to give our, each other 
gifts that are going to last forever. Right. A lot of times we give each other like dinners out. And I'm not talking gift cards. I'm talking to like, oh, it's for my Christmas gift. Pick a day in January. We're all going to go out for dinner in my treat. Oh, cool. So it's like we all have enough stuff. Uh-huh. Like getting things that like food or other things that will get used up. Like those are really great Christmas gifts. So what you're saying is a great Christmas gift for a guitarist is food. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is like we agreed that strings are consumable. Sure. And those are great Christmas gifts. Uh-huh. Straps. You always need another strap. Like it absorbs right. into your collection. Uh-huh. Cables are also consumable. Eventually, they expire. Here's the thing: I was thinking that actually guitar cleaning could stuff. Be a, eventually, yeah. you consume it all. Gotcha. Uh, so, something that it's not really consumable, but it could be cool is um, is our slides. I don't play a ton of slide, sure. but because of that, like I feel like, well, the one slide that I have, I got as a gift. I think from you, really, either from you or from Adam. Interesting. Um, and a slide is definitely a thing where it's like. Everyone need to have it every once in a while. I'll pull it out, and you can actually have a variety. Like I have a curved brass one, so like, uh, like I could get like a standard glass bottle style slide. Yeah, and um, it's something where it's out of the box enough for me that I might not ever buy it for myself. But if somebody got one for me, I wouldn't be like, oh, why'd you get me this dumb thing? Because it's definitely related. It's definitely something that's like going to be kind of cool. Um, another thing that this might be a little more out of the box, um, that something that like someone isn't going to randomly pick up, but, um, some kind of like little eight step synthesizer. Oh yeah. Like little music gadgets. Yeah. Like that thing that, do you remember the thing that co brought to, uh, the co-sonic event, the beers and gears? Uh, he brought this little. He brought this little synthesizer. I can't remember it, but I've seen those little synthesizers. They had them at a studio I recorded at. Uh, I want to say Korg makes them. No, I'm not or, even thinking. I'm not even thinking. Actually, I said eight step, but um, yeah, maybe eight step. They're these little like, like little synthesizer boxes. They're plastic and they're like little toys. But sure, uh, does does Mo- Yeah, I'm thinking of like something. I we just found one on reverb that they are asking $65 for and it's just got five knobs and a switch. Yeah. Like it looks like that. Oh yeah. Something like that would be great. Oh, you know what would be a great gift for, well, tell for me. people like in our sort of set is pedal kits. Pe- like patch like, cable kits? No, pedal kits. Like build a pedal. Oh yeah, yeah. If like you know someone who is into guitar stuff and you know they have a soldering iron and fix their stuff, get them a pedal kit. Like close your eyes and pick one. Like it doesn't matter. Get the cheapest one. They'll they'll get a kick out of it someday. Like that would be a great gift. If someone bought me a pedal kit for Christmas, I I put a pedal together for the first time ever. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think it's it's, it's easy to get daunted by this idea of buying gifts for musicians because they buy so much stuff for themselves and it doesn't seem like there's any room left. And my wife is always complaining about it, like I just I can't buy you a guitar. What if you don't like it? You know I can't buy you this big stuff. I'm like. There's other things you can get and it's like but i don't expect my wife to get me guitar stuff like i already yeah. buy enough of that stuff but i there's definitely people who i uh, would love to get music gifts yeah i'm not saying i wouldn't love it i'm just saying you know i don't expect it <laughs> i'm off on a little side tangent here do you have <laughs> do you have anything else to add to this um steve goes quiet when he's researching on his phone <laughs> i have to keep the show going <laughs> no i just i yeah, i don't know if there's much else i can think of um you know it would be a great gift for anyone what flips, flips. the official snack of 60 cycle home um they come in exciting flavors like white chocolate dark chocolate and chocolate mint oh my gosh <laughs> if i had a train of thought it was sufficiently derailed by that choo-choo uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's hard. A lot of it comes down. How about electric kazoo? Electric kazoo is a premium gift. Get someone an electric kazoo for Christmas. That's a perfect idea, Steve. All right, let's wrap this show up. Yeah, thanks again to Matthew's Effects. Absolutely. Who's, uh, I guess as of the release of this episode is also releasing mm-hmm. the uh, Architect version 2. It is announced today. It will be shipping on on cyber monday yep uh also thanks again to coast sonic 
Uh, if you're looking for a boutique pedal, check out Cosonic.com. They are our favorite place to look for uh, pedals of this sort. Yeah, go check them out. It's a great online store. Yep. You might learn uh, about pedals that you didn't even know existed. All right, yeah. tell us about the song, Steve. This week's song was sent to us um, by... As soon as I find it. <laughs> you can do it, Steve. I believe in you. Uh, this song was sent in by Jordan Castro. Um, I believe the song is called uh, Erratic Watcher. And the art, his project is called 707. If Ooh. I am understanding this correctly. If I'm understanding it incorrectly, uh, my apologies. But I will find a link. I believe there's a link to the SoundCloud that will be posted in the show notes. So check that out. This was from a call out I did asking for EDM. So thank you, Jordan, for answering the call. Nice. And sending us this song. I'm looking forward to this. I don't usually listen to songs until I edit the episode. So I'm looking forward to hearing this one. Should be fun. 